0: You are now listening to episode 30 of I'm an adult, now what? Hosted by Jade Pattendon. I haven't created an episode in a while and that is due to the fact that I don't like to create content just for the sake of creating content. I like to speak from a place of passion and just to create meaningful stuff because that's the point of this to me. So... Um, just because I took a break doesn't mean that I'm giving up on it forever. Because to me, this is a lifelong project. But it's been an emotional roller coaster for the past few months. I'm sure it has been for many people listening. Today, I did a Zoom call with Jamila, who was a guest on episode 22. If you've listened to that, it's called uh, the multi-talented storyteller Jamila Palmerai, and so we. Talked via Zoom today just about the current racial climate in America and around the world and the protests that are happening. And just, I don't know, we just kind of had a discussion, is how I would describe it, um, of how we're feeling. Um, and our take on how to become a better ally and for those of you who live in Vancouver and have never heard any of the history of the city um, and the black community she briefly touches on that too basically it's a discussion between us and if you want to listen listen and if you don't turn it off it's as simple as that but yeah I hope this episode is enlightening in some way to you so thanks for joining me today it's definitely been like a very emotional like um, and heavy past few days to say the least Definitely. Um, um, and so today we're gonna talk about that which is great um, and so you were gonna talk about how to become a better ally
1: yeah, I, I I guess I just I don't know. I, you've probably been seeing this on social media too. There's just like so many different, um, like so many different viewpoints going around, and everyone has their own feelings about things. And um, I actually I I did a, a panel maybe like four months ago, three or four months ago, like right before COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Um, for the what's it called, The Department of National Defense for the government, um, speaking on allyship and how people and institutions and governments could be better allies. And then, like just a few months later, all of this happens. I mean, it's been happening for a very long time, but I mean, like people have now become a bit more aware and are open to talking about it um and i think yeah allyship is for people who maybe aren't um people of color it's like a confusing thing yeah and you know what i mean it's it's people i think most people have good intentions and in canada i think that we're really lucky with that yeah um and I think that it, a lot of it comes down to just like silly like details and like people not knowing who they should be listening to or how they should be going about things, um, or maybe um, uh, like thinking more about their feelings than other people of color. Right. I don't know. What do you think about it?
0: Um. Honestly, I've been thinking about this for like the past few days and I just kind of decided to not really go on social media as much because it was just so overwhelming and I did have quite a few people reach out and they were saying like, you know, just sending like positive messages and just saying, like, thinking of you, hope you're okay, and whatnot. Um, And I was like, their intentions are very good, you know, and I appreciated it. But it was just sometimes it felt a bit much to just constantly kind of be replying to messages like that instead of just feeling how I felt, you know what I mean? Um, And it's like, I think for me, like I don't even know what to tell people. That's why I was so curious to talk to you and see what you had to say, because I think um, for me, the most obvious uh, first step for people who want to become better allies is like just speaking up in situations that occur in their daily lives. Um, You know, and this should have been happening before, but time has passed. We're living in the present. So what people can do going forward is like, if you see an injustice of any kind towards anybody of any group, you should say something, (laughs) you know, it's pretty straightforward. But sadly, I've been in lots of situations where people didn't speak up and it's just it's an indescribable feeling of it's kind of like disappointment when you're in a situation um and you know that people understand fully what's going on and then you are choosing not to say anything and to not stand up for you you feel very um alone very unheard you know and just like it's just it's like a self-worth thing it's like by doing nothing you're saying like you're not worth enough to me for me to to stand up for you kind of thing you know
1: exactly and even i think through all of these posts i mean i'm sure this has happened to youtube but like i'm scrolling through people that i follow or people like i just i never used facebook but i recently logged into facebook for for something and i'm like going through and i'm seeing all these people who i went to high school with or people who i went to elementary school with and people who have like legitimately been racist to me or been in situations where they could have you know been a a better ally and, and stood up for me um and they're just posting things like a meme and it like it's immediately you see that and you're like oh well what about you know in in like kindergarten when you did this and then when you did that again in high school and when you, you know, stood by in this situation and you just like start, you know, going down this rabbit hole of things that have happened to you in your past. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of just like, okay, what are you actually doing here? Like, are you, I appreciate the solidarity and I appreciate people sharing and people trying to, um, you know, uplift the black community but there's also something to be said about like what can we be doing practically beyond posting on social media other than and like things that are are completely free but don't like often people go straight to like oh donate to this organization and it's like okay well it's great if you donate to this organization but if you're not doing anything in your practical life it's, it doesn't really mean anything. It's It's still kind of lip service, even if it's with money.
0: Yeah, totally. I think um, the impact of words and just, like, action is so much stronger than money. Uh, money does do, you know, money does work too, but it's just different. It, it doesn't actually make lasting change in the world. Um, and I think, like, sometimes I'm like... I, <laughs> is someone posting this out of like a guilt that they feel or like an obligation that they feel
1: yes um
0: because it's easy to share a link or to share a quick post but are you actually taking the time to go in and read like thoroughly about what's actually going on and like you know the systematic oppression that has always gone on like have are you trying to educate yourself on that
1: and it's funny because, like, a lot of people, like, there's, i am seeing like, two things, like, people kind of being like, oh, thank goodness we live in Canada. Or, like, you know, like, thank goodness we don't have to deal with that. And it's like, well, yeah, we are super fortunate that we don't have to deal with, like, the fear of police brutality every day. Yeah. Like, yes, that's a beautiful thing about Canada, but that doesn't mean that our justice system reflects that. Yeah. There are so many people who are incarcerated. Um, for, even for, like, I don't know, when you look at what happened with the, um, uh, cannabis industry when everything was legalized, the majority of the people, um, who were incarcerated in North America were Black people. Mm, interesting. But even, even though we are now legal, many of those people are still sitting in jail. So our laws have changed. Their crimes don't even apply anymore. Yeah they're still sitting in jail. So there's, I don't know, there's many things about our justice system that don't really reflect like e- anything close to equality, like even besides what we experience on our, like in our daily lives.
0: Yeah. What?
1: And I'm So like, I feel like people are kind of forgetting, I don't know if it's maybe, I have a different relationship with it because my dad is a refugee from Kenya, mm-hmm. so I, up very close to, like, my, like, Kenyan, like, my, like, African roots versus, like, I think there's a clear separation between, you know, African-American culture, um, Canadian, like, Black culture, and then if you're, if you're a first-generation Canadian and your parent is from, like, legitimately from Africa, each person is going to have their own, experience with their culture yeah so I feel like people kind of don't see that and they don't see that within that you know this has been going on since 1415 like there's so many posts saying like oh like 400 years of of slavery and it's like no no like the first colonizers came to the continent of Africa in 1415 and this has been like like a series of like cultural and physical genocides and like the exportation of slaves and oppression since then like that's many many more years than 400 years
0: yeah which is like bizarre to think but also i think one of the biggest um things that has made me feel just like very sad is just it's like when you realize that some people are shocked by what is happening right now it's like it's new to them but Mm -hmm. I just like got so sad thinking like this isn't new to me it's not new to like any like black person I know like this has been going on my entire life and way further back it's just something that you know your entire life like you know and so
1: if this is just the life that we live and I think people are like why haven't you spoken up about it? And there's, like, there are, there are, until now, and even, like, still now, I think that our voices have not been listened to or respected to the degree that they should be.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I've, I've been watching, like, your posts. Like, <laughs> there's certain people that I gravitate towards to, so like, to read things because I I trust that you will check your sources and all that and like just I trust what you say. Um, You're a very well-spoken person too and you talk from a place of like you're very grounded when you you speak on things Um, and I saw that you had posted about um, like your father and just like where you come from what your family history is and I was like oh like you briefly mentioned it to me and like you've been on my podcast before but I was like you know, I realized, I think a lot of my friends don't, they don't know, like, stories about, like, racism that I've experienced because I don't really talk about it. Like, I have mentioned a couple things, but I kind of say it very quick and then it's like, okay, moving on, like, let's discuss, like, music now because I, yeah. I have this feeling of, like, um, like I don't want to come off as I'm complaining or... Um, mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't want to be defined by those things, but at the same time, those things did shape who I am and how I experienced the world. And even like my self-worth, like how I felt about myself when I was a kid, like having experienced racism. And it's just like, I think it's kind of like one of those tricky things where it's like, how can I expect them to understand me if I don't share those things and I know that they're great people and they will listen to me but I just kind of had this realization I was like wow when did I get this whole like thing where I stopped myself from speaking like my truth my experience
1: but I feel like it happens so like you that happens so early on like when we're like little kids and we express like oh like this thing happened to me and we get shut down or, you know, it's just becomes part of our daily life and we become desensitized to it. Yeah. And it obviously it's like negative and we know that it's a negative experience, but it just sort of becomes like, Oh, well, like that happened to me last week also. So am I going to bring this up every week or yeah. am I, like when, when, it, when is it a like, then you start like policing yourself and you're like, Oh, and is it appropriate? Like, when is it bad enough for me to share? Yeah. Or you get into situations where you like share a microaggression that happened to you. And then someone messages you and starts arguing with you about like, like I had an incident where I, I don't know, I was very like taken back by, I don't know if you have been kind of like following the, before all of this happened, um, the, like, few that's been happening with, like, Lana Del Rey and, like, many other artists in the Black community?
0: Um, no, I actually saw, like, one tweet about Lana Del Rey, and then I was, like, I didn't, I honestly didn't look further into it, but if you could explain, that would be great. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's so
1: many layers to it. Like, there's been many accounts in the past where she's kind of, like, had, like, racist undertones, but, like, like, amidst all of this, all of like the tragedy that's happening in the States right now, she kind of like, she posted a, a letter mm-hmm. um, saying that she was frustrated that her voice wasn't being heard and then kind of like listed a bunch of um, black female artists and kind of, and like completely reduced them to writing music um, about like like, sexuality, fucking, and cheating, apparently that's all, like, and, like, Beyonce was part of it, um, yeah, like, there were, like, you read the list and you're just gonna be like, what? Mm-hmm. So she kind of, she, like, reduced all of them to essentially, like, like, sexual objects that only write about those things, and she kind of was, like, saying, you know, I write about many other things and like why aren't I getting the visibility like more visibility over these other artists and just went on and on and was upset and then kind of like threw in a thing at the end where she's like and I like donated to this like Native American um foundation and by the way I'm, cu- I'm coming out with a book it was all really like what like what is this <laughs> So it kind of, it led to like, I mean, I, I don't really use Twitter myself anymore, but I'll like, just look to see what other people are doing. (laughs) Um, And I was like, looking at this, like Twitter war, what is going on? Like, this is so blatantly racist to me. Yeah. And it's, at first I was like, oh, it's a microaggression. And then I was like, no, this is like straight up, like aggressively racist because you're you're contributing to the over-sexualization of black women. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: you're reducing them and saying that they're, like, in your, within your contrast of yourself to them, you're essentially saying that, like, you have more intellectual value or meaning in your music than they do.
0: Yeah.
1: So, right? Yeah. So I, like, posted, she, she, I think she titled it, like, um, it was, like, questions. For, for the people or like questions from Lana or something. It was like, so I wrote in response a letter that was answers for Lana Del Rey. And it ended up getting like shared like crazy on Twitter, which was insane because I don't even have, like I don't even use Twitter. <laughs> and people were sharing on their stories and it, it like started this really awesome discussion about you know how we're consuming black culture um, and not really understanding that, like, even just being a Black person, a Black woman, and, like, dominating the pop culture charts, like, that is huge. Yeah. And to be, like, profiting off of it and not having, like, um, like a, like a, a producer or record company take, like, 90% of the, the revenue, which is what used to happen back in the 50s and the 60s, um... So I, yeah, I, it started a huge thing and then I had a couple of people reach out and just like straight up like tried to like argue with me and say that the oversexualization of black women wasn't an issue and that by me like highlighting uh, microaggressions I was taking away from real like racial issues. Um, of course these were all white men explaining this to me. And like one person even like sent me a link to a Sam Harris or sent, told me I should listen to Sam Harris who talks about this as if like, you know, me being a black woman, like I'm not qualified to talk about the experience as a black woman. Like.
0: <laughs> That's just so, like, it's so bizarre. I want to laugh, you know? Like
1: and I'm like, you know, they're, like last week I had the patience to like go through that with the few people who messaged me and explained to them why it wasn't okay. And like all three of the people were just like, oh, you just completely misunderstood me. And I think we should talk about this in person. And it's like, no, I don't really want to talk about this in person with you. (laughs) Like, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to like, like, be sticking up for my own lived experience or trying to justify that to you yeah um, and like really like this is obviously your opportunity to learn and sit back and listen not tell me how I should be feeling or interacting with social media yeah <laughs>
0: no totally I think I think there's a lot of policing in a emotional sense going on right now um and that's another thing I'm like feel in some type of way about because it's like, you know, if you're not posting enough, it's a problem. If you're not posting at all, it's a problem. And there's a lot of assumptions about what's going on with that person. Um, It might just be very overwhelming for them, you know,
1: Totally. they may have just
0: lost a family member. We don't know. Like, I think that's one important thing to keep in mind too. Um, And then also, yeah, it's just like, asking to meet up with you to discuss something further so that they can word it better or something it's like send me a voice note i might listen to it but like i'm not giving you my time to like educate you on this you know you, you said you yeah. piece you you know like you've clearly stated something that's it's not like it's a new thing like and again it's like the sexualization of black women isn't like a new thing and also I think it's comical that Lena Del Rey is like judging black artists for what they write about. Because it's like, isn't all music writing about life experiences in whatever category that happens to fall in? Like
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: like most songs are about love, whether that's in a good way or a bad way.
1: Totally. And if and like being an artist, or being a writer, or being like any type of creative and putting yourself out there, it just, you just kind of have to expect that you're going to be judged and expect that not everybody is going to agree with you or prescribe to, you know, your kind of creativity. And that's just how it goes. Like you can't, you can't like be upset and try to rally against people who are or, like, have a bigger following than you, like, that's not going to get you anywhere. Yeah. Especially when it has to do with racial issues.
0: And it's just, I think it's, she's not realizing her privilege as a white woman in her life in general. Like, you know, yeah. like, she might not be thriving as much as other people in the music industry, but she'll be thriving more than some people will in their lifetime, you know, just because she's exactly. a white woman. Yeah. So it's kind of... Okay why are you and she's successful like it's like
1: stop oh i know and that's that's why i'm taken back by it i was like there's there's plenty of of artists who would like like give anything to be in your position and i think that you know we're like wherever you are on the totem everyone should be grateful yeah and everyone should you know maintain some sort of some sense of being humble about what you're given and yeah, that was just not how to do it. No. But I, I see, I see the same thing happening, like on social media. Like it's it's really interesting that that happened, and then now this is happening because I'm seeing so many, um, like people who don't belong to the black community now, like kind of trying to express themselves and how they feel about the situation, mm-hmm. and being sort of up, upset that. You know people are asking them to just be an observer or just you know hey this is great that you're you know you're here in solidarity but like this is about black people not you kind of thing and people are getting upset yeah and feeling like like and i think that comes from you know like we were talking about white guilt it comes from that it comes from you know people wanting to be part of something and wanting to be on the like the good side of history and yeah that makes sense but yeah yeah, it's it's a whole lot to to take in
0: yeah I think it's kind of like you can still be on the right side of history and it doesn't have to be um doesn't have to be shown you know like we do live in a culture of like oh I'm you know like I'm eating ice cream like look everyone I have to show you like that kind of thing you know yeah so I understand it but it is like just uh respectfully you know sit in the sidelines for now and cheer like cheer the cause on it doesn't have to be about you right now you know what I mean like it's it's a bigger picture and I just I really do I've been thinking about this a lot and I just I really do think that the best way to show that you care is to show like in small situations that are within your control. Okay, because Yeah. Um, uh, my sister and I were just talking about this, how there was a, a female on the Sky Train, I believe she was Muslim and she was getting abuse yelled at her. This was in Vancouver like last year at some point. Um, and uh, like a young white guy, like, like he stepped in and he was like, hey, no, like, and he helped her basically. Um, And it was, like, just, you know, it wasn't, like, a massive incident. But to me, that was pretty, like, shocking to hear that that happened, like, in my city. But then I was, like, wow, like, this guy, there's so many people in the SkyTrain. And this one guy stood up and did something. And I was, like, that is Mm -hmm. the perfect example of, like, what you can do in your life to help people.
1: Oh, yeah. And there's, like, there's so many ways that you can... Just be a good human. Like I don't know. I've been seeing like a lot of posts by like mainly like people who aren't part of the Black community saying like, oh, if I don't see you post something, I'm gonna delete you, and like if if you're not posting on your feed or posting on your story, then like you obviously don't support, and like you're not posting for this every day, like you don't care. And it's just like I I don't know. I've never I have yet to come across a, a you know, a post by someone who's not part of the Black community has made me—that's f- made me feel supported on a personal level. Mm. Like, it's more of a like, oh, thank you. I get like you're on my side. Thank you. But I like on a personal level, it's been the people who like send me text messages. Hey, just checking in. Like, hope you're okay. Um, like I had like a I've, I've had like a couple businesses reach out and be like, hey let us know if you need a care package oh. or, or just like, I know, which is just like, so, so sweet and nice. And it's like, those are the things like messages and calls and, you know, even like, um, like, uh, my boyfriend and I, we went to the black lives matter protest Yeah. and like, uh, someone kind of said, Oh, like you're being so quiet. And he's like, I'm just here to support. I'm like, literally just like, stood with me and like was like giving me a like a hug and I was kind of like initially kind of nervous to hold up my sign and he was like, hold up your sign and like just being like encouraging and like supportive. Yeah. And that to me, like that's way more I don't know, that's that's like on a personal level, that's like much more supportive than just posting something and not actually interacting with the Black community.
0: Yeah, 100%. That's so sweet. I am starting to tear up a little bit. I
1: was like, keep it together. I almost almost (laughs) teared up. I was like, holding my sign and I was I don't know. Like, I don't know. I like, I grew up in like a very like, um, like my mom was a social worker back in Toronto and like my dad was a refugee and both of them worked like, very hard for civil rights issues back in Toronto, and then we moved here. My mom worked with a few different like um, Chinese societies, helping in the same way that she did with like the the um, many different communities in Toronto. But yeah, helping the Chinese community here, and I just like I grew up in a very supportive household when it comes to stuff like that. But like. I was also the only black kid in my neighborhood. Right, like the only black kid in my elementary school for like the most part of it, and like I didn't even like have another like I wasn't even in the same class as somebody who was not who like I mean I had other people of color in my in my class in like uh, middle school, but it wasn't until high school was I ever even in like the presence of. Oh, sorry, no, that is. I did have one person in middle school. But, like, you see what I mean? It's it's very, like, it's, it's, I don't know. So, it's like, you don't wanna, you don't wanna other yourself. So, like, in so many situations. And I'm, I think, you know, a lot of my life up until, up until like maybe the past five years has been about, like, okay, how do I just blend in Mm -hmm. and, not stick out, like, a sore thumb so I don't get targeted, so I don't get bullied. Right. Um, and I think now I'm very, very, like, hey, this is who I am. I, like, I, I don't, I don't fit into, like, the perfect, like, black archetype, whatever that is, but, like, this is my experience and I still, like, exist in that space. Yeah either you like it or you don't I don't care (laughs)
0: yeah and I love that and it your essence is truly like the epitome of that and I really thank
1: you too though seriously
0: yeah I think um another like thing I've been seeing is like um just about the consumption of black art in like physical Mm -hmm. forms and whatnot and like the first kind of day of like hearing all the news and whatnot um I was kind of like, honestly kind of like angry in a way because I was like, honestly, I've had so many people try and like have a debate with me about rappers that like, I, I'm going to be honest, yes. I don't really know much about rappers, like iconic rappers. Like, I mean, like... I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, if I hear their song, like I'll recognize the song, but I won't necessarily know it's like Biggie or, you know, like until yeah, I, I you know. see it. Like, I, and then people try and like, get into a debate with me and like normally they're not black and sometimes they are but it's like oh how do you not know that you're black and i'm just kind of like this (laughs) what but then i was kind of like angry because i was like i do not want to hear who your fucking favorite rapper is if you're not willing to speak up when shit like this is going down because yeah i've seen people have the most passionate debates about rap like music and rap culture and I'm like, whoa, they are so heated about this. But then when yep. like people are literally getting murdered, you don't say shit. Like it just doesn't make sense to me. And I'm like, if you were sitting across a table from Tupac and he knew that you weren't saying shit about like the racial injustice that is happening like in the world, yeah. he he doesn't want to he would not want to sit at the same table as you, man. He'd be like, no. go home and stop listening to my music. Like that it's disrespectful, yeah. I think.
1: Oh, totally. And I think too, like in Vancouver, it's like we have like very unique situation of that because I mean like it's no secret that Vancouver has a very small black community. Yeah. And I think so many people don't know about the history of why that is. And like we we definitely like we're we have a bigger black community than we did in the nineties. But a lot of that is um, because of like new immigrants and the majority of the black community is now like like first generation Canadians. Right. Um, and like people, yeah, people just don't understand that, you know, in particular in Vancouver, the reason why we don't have a huge black community is because like they were made to feel so unwelcome to the point of you know when we talk about Hogan's Alley, right. um, And like the where the viaducts just outside of Chinatown were built, like all of that used to be the black neighborhood. Right. The black neighborhood used to exist, like, um, like two weeks, uh, two weeks. Sorry, two two blocks um north of where the end of chinatown is now yeah and it went up like for blocks and blocks and blocks and over until you reached the italian community right and i like i was doing some research for an upcoming documentary which i feel like is going to take like years of research because i want to i want it to be like as accurate and impactful as possible yeah um and just through that like a friend me and a friend like just walked through the neighborhood and did like the hogan's alley tour mm-hmm. um and the amount of of things that we found out through that i was like i've been living here almost my whole life never knew about this um when you go to like vancouver like museum and archives or any sort of museum in vancouver we talk about you know what ha- what happened to Um, The Chinese community here, we talk about Japanese internment camps, Mm -hmm. we talk about what, like, the terrible genocide that happened to First Nations in Canada. Yeah. But for some reason, like, the black population is so often left out of the conversation. Yeah. Which is so crazy. And, you know, there's so many people who look at what happened in Hogan's Alley and, you know, the bulldozing of of black homes. Right. um, uh, like, purposeful deterrent from black jazz clubs to you know, removing the whole downtown from the black neighborhood to the current downtown so that the black neighborhood wasn't profiting. Like, yeah, it, it, like there's so many things that we don't know, and like that, all of those things combined, you know, whether your home was bulldozed while you were at work mm-hmm. or whether you just felt completely unwelcome. You know that led to a mass exodus of of people leaving to Seattle, which is why, like, part of the reason why Seattle has one of the biggest, like, Black populations on the West Coast.
0: Right. That's interesting. And
1: so many people don't understand, like, oh, why is it when you know when you go over just over the border into Seattle. Seattle has like a huge black population and Vancouver doesn't. It's like, well, back in the day, the, you know, the next train stop from Vancouver was Seattle. That's where everybody just ended up.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, because you had um, mentioned the history of Vancouver and then I was like, oh, I want to talk about this today
1: yes
0: (laughs) yeah and i watched like a video um that a friend had shared on her instagram story and it was like a 15 minute video explaining the history of hogan's alley Mm -hmm. and i was like this is so interesting but my mind was like blown because i was like i have never heard this i mean i've only been in vancouver for five years but that's still quite a while (laughs) like yeah and it just oh
1: I'm sorry, we don't. We're not taught, we're not taught about it, though. Yeah. Like even they, like we're not taught about it in school. We don't like. I don't ever remember learning about black slavery in Canada in school. And it's like, like I'll give the states that at least they teach that yeah. in school. At least they're like, you know, open and transparent about the, like the genocide and slavery. Like Canada is so. Like we just don't want to talk about it. No, I- and maybe more people would be enraged, and maybe there would be more police brutality here. Maybe there would be, you know, more of all these things in the states that we're seeing if we knew about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which I think that's kind of more dangerous is the fact that Canada has covered up a lot of um, stuff that has happened and also is still happening. Um, Yeah. Because when I grew up in Saskatoon, when I moved to Canada and went to high school there and they do teach um, a lot of Native American history um, in high school, which I was like, thank God, because to me, I was like shocked, too. I'm like, I didn't know this happened in Canada. Like what? Yeah. But then talking to a friend that grew up in a different province, they're like, oh, I wasn't really taught that in high school or they just briefly kind of mentioned it. And then we moved on to a different historical topic and I'm like this is shit that happened in your own country like in the UK when I lived there it was like you know they're talking about all the British history like they're flaunting everything that happened good and bad you know like you'll learn about stuff there's a lot of stuff that's covered up in British history too though but you know but with Canada I was like that's like that's wild to me I can't comprehend it
1: I know, and it's, like, the thing is, the thing that's scary is, and it's so, it's so obvious now is, like, media in Canada is way more prejudiced and racist than in the States. Mm. And being talked about, like, the only thing we're covering is, you know, like, sure, we had a beautiful, peaceful protest for, black, like, the Black Lives Matter, protest on Sunday. Yeah. That was beautiful. I I am so happy to be part of it. I think that's like a moment in Vancouver history. Like it was one of the biggest protests and biggest gatherings. Like other than the Olympics, that was probably the biggest gathering I've ever seen in Vancouver. So for it to be about that, that is so unbelievably beautiful, but at the same time, like when you look at news content. We're not digging into what we're doing wrong. We're not like talking about our own. We're sort of just patting ourselves on the back and saying, "Oh, thank goodness we're, we're we don't live in America." And it's just sort of like, so are we just going to keep saying that? Like, are we just going to like even even as a, like as a journalist? So the first thing I did a couple of weeks ago, um, even like throughout COVID, I mess I like written for almost, what is that, like 22 publications outlets now. So I like, just, I have a thread of all of these publications and I just found out a mass email. And I was like, hi, um, I am not working in the film industry right now. Um, I'm not really working at all uh, <laughs> because of COVID, but I'd also really love to talk about these things. Um, In a different way instead of just you know broadcasting police brutality Mm -hmm. and broadcasting tragedy i think that you know maybe we could use media in a in a more constructive and productive way that'll actually help Mm -hmm. um i didn't receive a single email back really not one like not like one single like oh sorry we don't really have the budget for that right now yeah like not even that like it's 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 like fine if I know everybody's hurting from COVID now but like if I were to have gotten a message saying oh sorry we don't really like we don't have the budget I would have volunteered my time to write about this that's how important I think it is mm-hmm. even though I like should not and should definitely be paid for it um yeah but it's so like that to me was sort of like almost like a slap in the face like and, and to see those same, like, to, to see news outlets and to see publications, um, like the ones who are posting content, to have that content be written by and reported by, like, white reporters, it's just, I don't know, there's something about it that frustrates me, because it's like, okay, so they get, to, they get to be, like, I don't know, a lot of people see journalism as reporting on the past or reporting on current events. But in reality, you're you're recording history. Like you're, this is like, what you're doing is, you know, preserving things in the most accurate way possible yeah. so that you can look back on things and learn from those. Mm-hmm. There are mistakes. Learn from you know the times that we did do a good job and if it's not if black people aren't part of the conversation about black people then i don't i don't know it's like it's how like how is that a productive conversation yeah
0: it doesn't it doesn't make sense at all it's like a group of like school kids speaking on a nasa project it's like what like yeah. why do you get the people of nasa to speak of the nasa project you know what i mean like it Totally. it's uh it just feels more irrelevant when you don't have someone who's actually like living and going through it speaking on it
1: yeah oh totally and I don't know I just like couldn't imagine you know even taking like uh someone from another marginalized group like I could I like I couldn't imagine me writing about the Chinese Canadian experience yeah From about you know the Filipino Canadian experience or the Latinx Canadian experience like yeah because that's I don't have that experience yeah so what I it's just it's like so obvious to me so I think I don't know when I see things like that it's just like oh like I feel like you're just literally waving your entitlement and your privilege with a flag that just happens to have a black person on it
0: yeah totally it's just I don't know like what what do you think is um a solution or like what tips you give to someone who wants to be a better ally who isn't a part of the black community
1: well I, I've run into like a few situations in the past year where where I feel like you know people are waking up to this and they are realizing okay I need to do better our organization needs to do better um, and we need to include the black voice in a respectful and and truthful way um, and there's been two times this year where I've been hired on to a project like prefaced with you um, people wanting my opinion as a black person and wanting me to write from my black perspective um but then when it comes to actually creating content that content is filtered um i like there's been incidents where i've told like i need to tone this down um because this doesn't really it's too abrasive for our audience and i'm talking about like like i am not a, Like, I don't write about politics or anything like that. Like, we're talking about, like, just, um, like, accurately representing a Black person in film or in in media in any way, and it's being taken as abrasive. Or um, there's been a few instances where I've been told that because I'm, like, a light-skinned Black person, I just, I don't qualify as a full Black person, which, like, there is obviously, you know, colorism is a thing, but as we know with racism, it does not matter, there's your, the level of how visibly Black you are does not omit you from receiving racism or oppression, like, as, as long as you are not white, as long as you are not fully white, you're not omitted from oppression and racism yeah so yeah within those situations i that i've been hired on for projects i've had people two times now literally hire on a cultural consultant wow to then like look at the work that i have contributed and decide if it is valid to the black experience or not
0: wow and okay so this (laughs) (laughs) I was like oh is that your role as a cultural consultant but no it's someone additional to you
1: (laughs) yeah it would be like somebody who doesn't belong to the black community not believing in my voice or the the so-called I mean this is not just one incident this has happened a few times now and and I'm like like I won't call anyone out because I recognize that what they're doing is they're trying, like, they're trying to be an ally, they're trying to produce this content, but in that, they're not letting the authentic Black voice through, and they're also literally oppressing somebody. Yeah. I just, (laughs) I just And then it's like, okay, am I here? So you have, like, a, you're- like am I being tokenized and are you just am I just here so you can like fill your quota for black people like
0: I yeah or it's (laughs) like or do you actually care and I think um with the whole like opening of Tyler Perry's studio and just Mm. how big that space is and how unfiltered his projects are it made me so happy because it's like the projects that they make are not going to be toned down they just are and people support the reason why he's so successful is because people support his movies and even if the majority of his audience is black it's still a lot of people who are glad to be heard and so it just shows you that like these narratives and these stories are important to somebody out there and they Mm -hmm. should exist and they shouldn't be toned down you know? Totally. And it's just, and
1: it's crazy because they don't, they don't see that it is the unfiltered and the real stuff that is like, if they're care, if they're concerned with views and they're concerned with like being like as politically correct as possible, if that's truly the case and it's it's less of a, they actually care situation, they should at least recognize it from a business perspective you know the people who are who are doing extremely well and you know getting grammys and like getting like just awarded for what they're doing mm-hmm. are the people who are speaking unfiltered like yeah. even if you get like cases of like jordan peele yeah or even you know outside of the black community like like par- like look at the movie parasite
0: yes i was just thinking of that
1: right yeah. like it's like these movies and these and and like these stories whether they be you know in film or in literature the reason why they have success is because they're unfiltered and often like the whole team is supportive of that notion
0: yeah 100 percent. and it's it's also just refreshing because for so long it's been the same narrative in TV and movies and I'm just I'm kind of sick of hearing the excuses of like you know there's there's little excuses that basically when I hear them I just think okay you're basically just saying I do not want to enter into this um, conversation because it's too uncomfortable for me I know it's going to end in a like a conflict of some sort and I just don't I don't want to be uncomfortable because yeah, you hear that when you hear, like, I don't know, you hear friends say, like, oh, my grandma's kind of racist, but that's just the time she grew up in. It's like, well, you could start with just saying, like, hey, like, don't refer to, like, Chinese people as, like, I don't even want to say the word, but, like, a derogatory yeah. term when you hear it happening, like, um, or mm-hmm. the N-word or whatever. Like, just be like, grandma, no, like,
1: don't. And, like, <laughs> me being my like, like, I, like, I there are people on my other side of the family who said and done racist things and that's like an awkward situation. Yeah, it was Um, awkward. Then they like look at you and they're like, oh no, not you. Like, I love you. And it's like, (laughs) no, that's not exactly how it works. Like, you don't just get to like, yeah, there's been people who I have completely cut out of my life that are blood related to me, who, have you know revealed themselves to be racist yeah and if if i can like you know i don't know it's like if that's like that's a hard thing to do but it's like if you you know you're saying like this is not cool like i don't appreciate when you say things like this and they're not listening then i don't feel like they need to be in your life well you know
0: yeah like i think it just comes down to like um like i was talking to a friend about a friend they have that makes comments that aren't like racist they're just negative comments towards them and i was like hey listen like if this gets to a point where you start feeling too much like shit when you're around this person i think you should reevaluate if you need them in your life because totally. those that love you and who you choose to surround yourself with like they shouldn't be people that are saying anything that makes you feel sh- like shit for who you mm-hmm. are whatever form that takes yeah whether it's because you like anime or because you like hip-hop or because you like classical music or because of Mm -hmm. the way you look like you don't need people around you say like adding to negativity that comes from people who don't love you and don't know you like exactly. you don't want to come back to someone who's just gonna treat you like further like shit like that's just yeah that's a choice that you can make
1: Fortunately. Um, yeah
0: so and then just like when it comes to hiring people in a workplace it's like I don't know like I, I literally turned a movie off the other day because I looked and I was like every single person in this movie including the background is Caucasian and I just was like I can't relate to this like it was yeah. it was like um It was a Wes Anderson movie like Moonrise Kingdom and yeah it was just like I really like Wes Anderson don't get me wrong but it was just the realization to be like why is there not even one person of like a different ethnicity in this group and it just was so depressing and I was like I don't need to watch this like random story about a kid straying off from his like cadets group or whatever it was
1: uh, yeah, it just was like uh, I, I've seen that movie and it's like it's a cute movie it's adorable but yeah. I know even as a kid I would look at it and I, I would not just, I don't think I would be engaged like I was as a kid I was more engaged by like like things that were outwardly fantasy and and like horror movies and like um, thrillers and like like psychological things because it was like oh this is, like, I can live in this dream world because, you know, the, the what's being put on the screen that is supposed to be reality actually isn't reality for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just one of those things where the, the point of the story isn't about race. It's about like kids, um, you know, like exploring and I didn't watch the full thing, so yeah. I don't fully know. But, you know, it wasn't yeah. about it wasn't a racial story. It wasn't like Selma or something. Right. And so watching it, I was just kind of like, why, why couldn't they have put an ethnic kid in this group of kids at yeah. this place? Like just sprinkling some people, like you know. And it was just right, we're talking like extras here. Yeah, like, I'm, <laughs> that's what I do for work. And I'm like, you know, yeah. there's many times where I'm like, I'm definitely here to fill a quota, but I'm still glad they're showing other ethnic like ethnic groups. It should be more, yeah. but it's better than nothing, but to see it so blatantly yeah. like every single face in the scene is white. I was just like, "Nah, this is too much." This was like yeah. a couple but, days ago. So
1: many times, so many times. And even with like like any kind of media, when I'm like, "Are you looking at a full spectrum of how like what you're saying could impact everybody or Like, are you really gaining full spectrum, like, you know, background of what you're saying even? You know what what I mean? It's just, there's so many times where I get through an article and I'm like, oh, yeah, you lost me. I'm, I'm, I can't do this. And like, I, I think, I don't know, when we, we talk about like how to be a better ally, it's, it's difficult as women of color because it just seems so obvious and it seems like it's just like, like, well, you just be a good person and stand up for us like you would stand up for anyone else. Yeah. And, you know, it, like when we talk about like equity, I, I don't know, I kind of like said this analogy to my friend yesterday on the phone. Like I don't know. I, I don't understand why people are so upset and taken back by equity. Like it's a piece of pie that, you know, if someone else gets a, a bigger slice that they're going to starve, because that's not the case. And I kind of use the analogy of, like, if you had three kids of varying heights trying for a fence, and you had three stools that, that like, you know, it fit with the right kid, each the fence. Obviously, it would just, you know, make sense to give, you know, the shortest kid the stool that is the tallest. Right. Because like, why would you, why would you, I don't know, why would you give him the short one and give the, the tallest one to the tallest boy? Like, it just doesn't, it's so, it's so obvious to me. And I, I think that people don't, sometimes things are, they make things too complicated and they don't understand that it's, we're literally just asking you to be a good person and to be supportive. And you know, in the case of police brutality, it's like people are literally just asking you not to kill us for no reason, yeah. and like not kill us in general, and you know, for us to have fair trials like everybody else. And it's it's just about like I don't know. I think like the the term like social justice warrior gets thrown around, and I think there there's something to be said about people who troll the internet. Yeah and are just arguing for the sake of arguing and they're not sort of looking at things and like they're not being pragmatic yeah. in how they, they speak and how, um, how they approach situations. Like definitely that is out there mm-hmm. and I think there are some social justice warriors who are just sort of adding to the noise and not helping the issue. Yeah. but. I don't know
0: it's just there has to be a way (laughs) like honestly (laughs) and it's like I honestly still trying to wrap my head around what the best solution is I guess but I Mm -hmm. I just I do feel I can understand why people who aren't a part of the black community are so confused and kind of overwhelmed too because um, I just think the There's a lot of policing going on too or like I, today I posted like for Blackout Tuesday and I included the hashtag Black Lives Matter and then I got like a message saying like oh please delete like the Black Lives Matter hashtag and I like didn't understand why but then I researched it and I was like oh fuck like so it's basically because it's um, blocking the feed of like if you're trying to track like the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, then yeah. all of a sudden you're seeing black squares. I was like, that makes sense. But it was just sometimes people's way of saying it, it comes off as if my intention was bad, but it wasn't, it wasn't supposed to be bad. Yeah. So it's just like, just.
1: obviously you're a black woman who like, it's not like you're out here, like trying to like it's like trying to like oh jade's out here trying to trying to mess with
0: like, like the movement yeah like trying to mute voices like no so i was like oh my god if, if i wasn't black like i'd feel like shit right now but it was just yeah. because i was i was feeling sad i've been feeling overwhelmed i have been avoiding the internet and so i didn't know that and the, you know yeah. it's an instagram algorithm thing and i was just like oh my god like so it just made me be like okay I'll delete the hashtag but now I'm like xing Instagram again because that's just it's so overwhelming and I think um yeah I think when when it comes to like if someone has made a mistake like that just like if you want to you can politely educate them but just Mm. try and weigh the intentions like are they trying to start shit on the internet and trying to fight like against the cause like that's not okay but if they're actually trying to do something positive and they're trying to help in whatever way, shape, or form, they're, you know, like it's like they're trying yeah. to express themselves in a good way. And yeah, like you could politely explain, like, hey, just maybe take a back seat and observe because yeah. I think a re- like a big reason why people are um, like sharing how they feel when they're not like affected by it. it's just because they probably feel obligated to say something to be honest
1: yeah oh totally and even like I was talking to to my boyfriend this morning and he was kind of like he's like do I need to like he's like what's your opinion like do I need to post something like I feel like like everyone's posting something I don't want people to be upset at me if I don't post and like like I mean you know you know who my boyfriend is so like yeah but like who are listening don't know like he is a like Um, a a white man like so I I don't know he was having this like like oh no like what should I do and I was honestly I just said to him like you don't need to post anything like yeah I know that you like you went to the protest you were like there cheering me on you were supporting me that was really meaningful you stand up for me in situations like Mm -hmm. you have like he has just as many, maybe even more black friends than I do. Right. And that was like, and, and just friends who are of different nationalities. So I'm like, I know that you stand up for everybody in your daily life. And I don't think that like people who aren't posting on social media, like on their feed, should be like in any way made to feel bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially. Yeah, I think you worded that perfectly. It's like he shows he cares all the time anyway. I think what people can do is just show that they care, show that they're willing to be educated, um, Mm -hmm. whether that's by listening to someone else speak on something or by looking up stuff themselves, just understanding like the systematic racism that has occurred forever. But if you don't know, that's fine. People don't know things until they educate themselves. So yeah. we have to be patient in that sense, but it's like, are you willing to put in the effort to educate yourself or are you just gonna go play your Xbox for the rest of the day yeah. and live exactly. live your peaceful life? And-,
1: and I think too, like the reason for the, like the whole purpose of this day was for people who aren't part of the black community to reflect and, you know, take things inward and, support, like, directly support people who are in the Black community, mm-hmm. and I don't really see that. For most people, I see, like, a lot of Black squares, and I see a lot of people, you know, writing their stamps on things. Um, and, like, I have seen a lot of people repost things of mine and repost things of other friends who are in the Black community, which is beautiful, but I'd say, like, the majority is still people just talking about their feelings. Yeah. About it. It's just kind of, like, it's just really cringe, to be honest. Like, there's no other way to say it other than that. It's just, like, oh, gosh. Like, the one day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. it's. I just hope that, like, I'm trying not to, like, assume people's intentions too much. Yeah, yeah. But it's, like, Again, like, it's like if you are going to say something, like, you know, like, I think it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, you're steering it to make it like, more about you than just like, it's kind of like silently showing support, and it's just one day, like, it's just one day. Yeah. That, you know, Yeah.
1: so like, can we just remember that that black people are not a meme? A trendy meme that's going around to be posting about, like
0: yeah.
1: I, I even like I po- I posted something today, um, you know, sort of just like calling out, um, like I have the like publishing industry and um, like networks and a lot of um, just like anyone who has to do with grant funding because, mm. um, outside of the work I do, like whenever I'm not busy or, like, have, like, the capacity to take on more work, um, I've always kind of helped, uh, like, different clients that I help with applying for funding for things, um, helping with, like, PR, like, developing PR materials for creatives, Mm -hmm. and I've had about six creatives who have helped get, like, big grants, and we're talking, like, like, $10,000, $30,000, $50,000, like, yeah. decent amounts of money to, to help their, um, like, to help kickstart their creative careers, um, and, like, like, I'm not, I'm and I'm, I think that is a beautiful thing. Like, I don't want it to be seen that I'm, like, oh, like, these people got this, and the Black community didn't, but I've, I've had many other clients who have helped in the same way who have never ever gotten a grant and like some of them are like many of them are like incredibly talented creatives who I know have not been given the same opportunity to start with um, to to have to be able to flourish in the creative industry whether they be writers musicians visual artists um, people in the film industry photographers um, cinematographers, and it's, like, why, like, there is, there is some, there is a serious gap when it comes to funding, and it's, like, if we're not going to fix things on a systematic, like, on a, like, if we're not, we're not fixing things in terms of, like, the industry, like, the least we can do is offer fair game for, um, for grant funding and things, or, Yeah you know, maybe the black community needs like separate grants of their own to help kickstart and, you know, empower the community instead of just like lumping us in with everybody else, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. It comes down to like the stool thing too. It's like, I've seen that visual of um, three people trying to look over a fence and it's like, showing that like some people need more assistance because they were given like their running chance at something is um harder so they need more assistance to be to be brought up to a level of equality with someone who was born into like a privilege where they can already see over the fence
1: totally and it's like
0: exactly what you're saying like some people just need more help
1: yeah even in like my own personal situation like like i'm so humbled and happy and like grateful for where i've been able to take my career but like i think a lot of people see that on the outside and think like oh like you just like you didn't like i don't know not that i didn't work hard for it but it just seems to have like come easy or something like that yeah and i like i think about last summer and I was, for the most part, like completely unemployed for a few months because I was just applying and trying to get contracts and things like that. And I put, I like sent out 310 emails over the course of like two and a half months. Mm -hmm. And out of those emails, I went to five interviews, Um, and, and, like, we're, like, we're talking things that I'm, like, sometimes, like, was overqualified to do,
0: Mm. and
1: it's, I, I don't know, I, I've had, like, a couple of people ask for, um, like, for me to, like, help mentor them with things, and I've met with people for coffee, and they're, like, oh, like, how did you get into this? Like, I literally would spend two hours out of my day every single day sending out emails, sending out follow-up emails, just putting myself out there as many times as I could because I knew that that's what I had to do to, to get anywhere. Like, I couldn't just apply for a job and get it. That was never going to, like, that was never going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I think, and and, like, to anyone who has sort of asked for, like, um, like mentorship coffee date or something like that like everyone's always like so taken back by it they're like what like how would you like how do you do that like i have like I'm I'm frustrated and I've sent like 10 emails or whatever so I think mm. people don't like a lot of a lot of what happens like a lot of the oppression in Canada is just so um behind closed doors and Internalized, and I don't know. We're we like we're so polite that we don't
0: even want to address it. Yeah, <laughs> it's that's true. It, it's like it feels awkward a lot of the time. Is how I describe it. Yeah, it's like this feels just so awkward and uncomfortable. And also, like with what you're saying about how much work you've put into getting to where you're at, it's like. Um, I don't know again it's like when you say these things it's like i don't you might feel like you're complaining or you feel like whoever you're talking to might not care yeah about what you have to say like it's just kind of like and also sometimes it's like they want to benefit off of like what advice you can offer that would help them but they don't really you know like sometimes people don't want to hear your story but they want to benefit off of the advice that you can give that you've taken years and years Always. <laughs> Always. and that happens like a lot a lot yeah like, totally and i just think it's i don't know it's so it's frustrating it's frustrating it is
1: it's very frustrating yeah. but i i don't know it, it does feel like we're, we're we're at a point where things are changing and people are waking up I just hope that like whether it be issues in the black community or other marginalized groups that we're seeking to representatives of those communities yeah. for for not advice because I don't want to promote people like messaging other people, other like people of color for advice, because that's we all know how frustrating. <laughs> yeah that is when you open up your DMs and there's like 15 people who are asking you to send you like lists of, of organizations and things and it's like yeah I don't know I'm my like I'm not equipped for this like my relationship with with racism and oppression and oppression has to do with like my own lived experience I'm not out here trying to like I never had to seek um information because the information was my experience
0: yeah yeah oh, i love that That's a great which movie. i feel
1: like people don't get that i think that's like the thing and they're like oh i get that this is an overwhelming time that's like actually i think like you're probably better off asking like asking someone who's not part of the black community who has done who, who's like in the process of doing research
0: yeah yeah That makes sense because it does come from a very personal place when when you ask like a a Black person about like what to do or whatever, it's like, it almost feels like grieving in a way.
1: Yeah, it's it's like, oh, so now I'm going to talk about all this like, like generations and generations of trauma that, you know, I've dealt with, my family's dealt with, and that we're like currently dealing with as a society. It's like, it's a very vulnerable thing. And I guess, like, it's hard to, it's hard to see that on the outside when it's not related to you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, again, it's like, I see the good intention behind it, and I just will, like, politely kind of mm-hmm. redirect them if I, if I don't have the capacity within me to, to explain things. And also, like, a lot of the time, I'm still figuring it out for myself.
1: Exactly. So. And so people are. And I think so many people, so many think, yes, we need to, as you know, the black community, yes, we do need to be speaking out on things, but also give yourself permission for self-care. Give yourself permission to metabolize things at your own rate and take in things at your own rate. And, you know, use this time to if you feel ready to like learn about your family history and you know become more connected to um your culture because so much of of racism and and like systemic oppression has to do with separating us from our culture and and you know it thrives when we are separate from our roots it thrives when we are not paying attention to our mental health or you know our like relationships, like that's when it thrives when we're not at our optimal best. So I think now is the time for us to, you know, speak out, but also, you know, become the best versions of ourselves because the world is like finally giving us the opportunity
0: to be who we are. Yeah, 100%. And I'm, I'm very hopeful too, because um, of all the things that have happened in history, like we've always come out of it better than we were before. And Mm -hmm. there's always been massive room for improvement, too. But I'm just hopeful that we'll come out of this, like, on the other side with a better outcome than it feels or, like, it might feel right now for people. Um,
1: I, I, I believe it. I believe it. Yeah.
0: So, and thankful to, like, everyone just showing their support and... Yeah, it's just it's such a weird time.
1: I know, I know. It really is. I, I I hope that we can look back at things like this and it'll be as shocking as, you know, people who are like our grandparents' age who talked about separate water fountains and separate bathrooms and having to ride at the back of a bus or you know, having to go to a blacks only club or blacks only um library or things like that like i think that you know we're we're advancing and this is just going to be a moment in history where we're like we got through it and holy crap that was intense and it should have never been like this but yeah i don't know we're resilient people (laughs) we're so resilient 100
0: percent. yeah and it's Mm -hmm. it's also like yeah what you just said about like just the segregation that was before like first of all that wasn't that long ago and second of all that was completely normal to people like at that time like they were like oh this is normal like this this is how things are like that was the mentality and when that mentality was questioned and eventually like broken then things changed and so when people say like oh that's just how it is like nowadays you know that's another excuse but it's like yeah It might be normal now, but it doesn't have to be. And that doesn't mean that it's right. And it can change too. You just have to get uncomfortable for a bit. And then hopefully we can all return. Some people aren't returning. Hopefully people are moving into a place of comfort where they don't have to worry about the safety of themselves, their loved ones, and their children in the society Mm -hmm. that they live in, so. Uh,
1: Oh, I... it's gonna happen i believe it yeah
0: um but also just like knowing people like you who are very um vocal you always stay educated and you you speak from a place of like i said like you're very grounded and you're very positive and very strong and i'm just like very grateful to know like people like you there's many others i'm grateful
1: to know you too Mm -hmm. no seriously thanks girl I wanna give you a hug over the- virtual hug. <laughs> oh man, oh man. When when COVID is like when we're all going back to like regular life, I think I, I can I I'm envisioning beautiful things happening in the community and I think everyone we're gonna be hugging each other in like more ways than than like just a simple hug yeah like i think it's made people have a new sense of community yeah and like actually actually i think like taking away taking away the community has made people realize how valuable it is 100%. and that it needs to be nurtured whatever community that may be
0: yeah 100 percent. just the like humanity is so important you know what it means to be human and to appreciate each other I think that's definitely been enhanced so yeah positive silver linings
1: yes yes always (laughs) so lovely to chat with you and this is like so it's like great to get it out on like a like out in a hey this is a resource or tool that you could you can look to if you want to learn more about how you know how we're feeling about this but it's also like i think these conversations are so important for us to be having right now
0: yeah 100% i couldn't agree more and it feels good mm-hmm. to to speak on something so relevant right now and yeah i really appreciate you being a guest today and taking the time to talk to me
1: thank you so much yeah thank you we will hang out as soon as as soon as all this is over (laughs) yeah i
0: would love that but until then take care okay
1: okay you too
0: all right bye girl bye if you have any comments questions concerns or requests for future episodes please email imanadultnowwhat at gmail.com i read every email and would love to hear from you Please subscribe to receive future updates on episodes. And if you feel like it, please rate this podcast on your streaming platform of choice.